0: Welcome back to the Alone Together Podcast, where the loners aren't alone. I'm Journey. I'm Layla. And today, as we mentioned before, well, first off, we're back. (laughs) And um, as we mentioned before, we're going to start highlighting people in the community and also bringing our friends on here, but that's a 2 on one with Tiana. And she has been on the podcast before, but we wanted to redo it because a lot of stuff has happened this year um, for her nonprofit, and I want to hear all about the highlights and new updates. So, welcome, Miss Girl. If you want to tell us about yourself,
1: thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to be back. Alone Together is my favorite podcast. It was on my top five on my podcast for my Spotify Wrapped. So, had to give a shout out. Um, I'm Tiana. I am a 21-year-old nonprofit founder. Um, I'm also the chief of impact strategy at a corporation called Kaleidoscope. Um, We work on diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, We work on sustainability, just different social impact issues and um, merging Mm -hmm. that with kind of like corporations, like being able to have these conversations in some different rooms, um, make sure we're uplifting different. People of color, um, different stories, different communities. Um, I'm also currently in a gap year, but attending USC at the Ivan Young Academy, studying arts, technology, and the business of innovation.
0: Are you going to come back?
1: Mm, possibly in the fall. That's the plan. um After I launch a few more businesses, <laughs> one more Period. that is coming up. What do uh, you need school for? Right right i just need to put it just need a mark box um and i just recently am a trauma-informed yoga teacher period as of last sunday and tell them where you got that training right yoga tree cooperative in south central you have to check it out the only black and latinx owned yoga studio her. Based in social justice, decolonization, Her. Mm-hmm. Her. community, um, and healing. They gonna get so on this next. Yep, in our favorite, are, and they will definitely do it. Like, our favorite yoga
0: studio in LA, hands down. You right. know, I was gonna get up this morning and go take the class, my favorite class on Friday mornings, the Elevated Flow, and then my alarm, fire alarm, was blaring in my apartment complex from one a.m. to five a.m. So. I had to choose rest, but I'll I'll be back on Monday. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll go with It's been a while. But that is so great, bro. I'm really happy. How was your yoga training? Yes. I want to hear about uh, it. Life. And I want to hear what you want to do with it. Yes. yes.
1: Oh, let's get into it. So it was incredible. I mean, it was life changing, really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think coming into it, I already knew it was gonna be life changing. Like right. I talked mm-hmm. to a lot of people who've already done the training. Um obviously found the studio in January and just kind of devoted my entire life to kind of this practice. Um I think Facts you thing, did. yeah, mm-hmm. like it, I it kind of just became my hyperfixation and eventually <laughs> I probably will talk about this later on too, but um I found out I was neurodivergent. I have ADHD last year. And um, that's played a really big role in understanding what it means to decolonize a lot of these spaces, Mm. Um, especially my yoga training, because it's like my body naturally reacts to being able to do multiple things at one time. So Mm. when I'm thinking about school, like it's really hard for me to focus on things that I don't naturally care about. Like I'm a very creative person. I'm, like, running multiple businesses. I'm constantly doing a million things. Um, My organization works with art and activism, which are my two passions. So it's really hard for me to devote my time and my energy into things that feel superficial to me. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, my mind is always running. So yoga was the only thing that I feel like allowed me to connect back to myself and Mm -hmm. kind of just, like, settle into the moment, be present, and, like, be able to breathe and, like, move my energy move the energy through my body that feels stagnant when right. i'm stressed out about certain things mm-hmm. um and then also it coming from a decolonization perspective also helped me realize like there's nothing wrong with me like my ancestors actually just explained this way what you
0: mean by decolonization in the context of yoga
1: yeah so actually they teach they have this module that talks about um the history of yoga and basically Yoga did not exist in the western world America mm-hmm. um it was rooted in founded in the ancient practices of Hinduism and yoga mm-hmm. um, and yoga in India and there was a white woman who essentially um got permission from the British parliament to go study yoga because she wanted to and she came from a wealthy family and she basically um changed her name to sound more ethnic and then brought it to Hollywood so yoga in outside of india i believe don't call me on this but i believe is the first place um that's
0: very white woman of her
1: yeah no the first place that it touched crazy. down outside of um india and probably um britain because of the colonization um was hollywood so when we think about la like there's a big yoga community and like healing yeah. community in la because yeah. this was the first place it touched down in but wow yeah when you look at like all of the different ancient cultures all of them have like Um, hieroglyphics or like pictures or um, scriptures that kind of talk about this practice of like yoga and the same movements or the same poses. Mm -hmm. So that's, kind of how we have to look at it now coming from different perspectives like there's the toltec version the toltec way of looking at um kind of like the spirituality Mm -hmm. um and also the practice of kinam which is um rooted in mexico and Mm -hmm. then there's the practices of comedic yoga and comedic practices which is rooted in africa oh okay um, or not comedic
0: yoga was interesting i took a class there with um homegirl at the Mm -hmm. studio and it was different it's
2: about like the star astrology right
1: um it's related more to like honoring um the past and then oh was it the ancestral for the future yes oh mm-hmm. okay so, like and i said it was rooted in africa it's rooted in africa but also um ancient egypt so kemet like the kemet, kemet okay that makes yeah. sense yeah so i mean come like now seeing it from this perspective like i've always seen yoga as just like white women in lululemon <laughs> yoga pants you know right like, that's how i always saw yoga um i didn't see it as like deep spiritual way to connect your ancestors and this deep spiritual way to connect to like yourself and your community and healing and the way that kind of like the way organized religion and spirituality is it's like everything actually is connected all at the center exactly and when you look back at the practices of yoga the teachings like um there's things called like the yamas and the niyamas Mm -hmm. that kind of focus on the core beliefs so it's like practicing non-excess mm-hmm. um you know practicing truthfulness mm-hmm. and being able to do not like non-violence all of these like big deep kind of like lessons and themes that we see in our lives that actually do are like the leaders of the world practice right um yeah. and so kind of studying that and realizing like dang that's like in my blood like this yeah this practice of yoga and spirituality and healing actually resonates with my body and i don't feel the stress of America and capitalism and all the things that I feel I'm oppressed by in America when I'm practicing this yeah
2: and I like what you're saying about it first touching down in Hollywood I didn't know that but I think it kind of like makes sense in the whole history of how it was brought here because I feel like the yoga in LA is very much like capitalist like you have core power and you have all these different like yoga studios and I think um that's why I love Tree Coop because when you go there it's like the first yoga place I've been to in LA where every practice that you do like they tell you how to connect with your body and it's really deeper practice. than just trying to do an exercise and i think like it's really cool that you do your yoga training there cuz other places like it's more like just about the exercise or just about getting the certificate to yeah. be able to teach in this corporation so I think you got way more out of the experience.
0: And I think it's dope that they do like the trauma informed mm-hmm. in within it. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to yeah. take a separate module or training to do that. Like it's all included. And that's really important. I feel like, especially because I didn't really realize how important it was, but this semester I told you I was taking that class at school where I like go in the community and teach yoga to first graders. And um they we had to ask permission at first we were like we'll just ask the kids but then we had to ask permission from like teachers and higher ups if we could touch them and like Mm -hmm. give adjustments and I really realized like dang that's actually huge like they don't really ask that in a lot of studios i noticed at the tree they do though like they'll ask if you want to be touched during the practice but that's a huge thing that I don't even think people think about but like it's big Mm -hmm. and important
1: and that trauma-informed lens like honestly i'm feeling real open today and i'm I'm really gonna get into it because this yoga training has really changed my life yeah, um like sure. coming from someone who one generationally has like trauma stored in the body as like a black and filipino woman operating in today's america like in america in general like yeah. there's generational trauma i'm dealing with there's like childhood trauma that i'm dealing with um and then like you know your everyday traumas that happen yeah. um in your day-to-day that are repeated patterns of like past you know things and like those things like re-traumatize you so coming from it from that perspective like um realizing yeah like you don't know where people are holding trauma in their body so when you're doing a yoga practice like an adjustment may feel right on one person and like it may like really hurt for another person because they have like more trauma in that hip or like you know they have more energy stored there or it's tension yeah and um when you put when you have hands-on adjustments on people like it sometimes you don't know you know maybe they're dealing with like um sexual abuse in their past and they might jump and then you know you don't know what that reaction is and sometimes they they tell you even when you do ask for consent you know like do you want a hands-on adjustment people will still jump like it's their immediate Mm -hmm. you know body
0: trauma response yeah
1: um and coming from it from that perspective like we're supposed to take 10 classes from different studios as a part of our training homework, um, mm. to see how people outside of the studio, right. outside of our space, um, operate, oh, and that was dope. huge to me because I was like, "Wow! Like, what I'm—I can see a lot of you guys don't come from a trauma-informed perspective, and you don't come from a decolonized perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's about the flexibility, and it's about the like yeah, a competition, about that. the competition. And I was a competitive dancer for seven years, um, and then did cheerleading, and then coached both of them." so um i'm very familiar with like a competitive nature to what a physical practice can be and like what i found here has nothing to do with competitiveness and Mm -hmm. it's everything to do with just keeping present and being in your breath um Mm -hmm. and i went to one yoga studio specifically in las vegas when i was Mm. in uh for thanksgiving i was visiting family and he it was not a trauma-informed studio and it was a male teacher and I'm very flexible just because of my, my um, you know, training and dance and cheerleading. And he literally, it was a hot yoga class too, so it was disgusting. And I don't prefer hot yoga classes. Really? I he, love hot yoga. No, I don't like how sweaty it is and like steamy. It is that. But this, I'm like sitting in a split and he just lays his whole body on me. What? And no, exactly. No. And he's just like sweating on me. Uh-uh. And I... Almost had a panic attack. Like I was like, I would have. Why are you touching me like that? Like I was so disgusting. Laying on you, and like I was a visit. I was a visiting student. Like so, I've never been to the studio in my life before, and I just met you. Like you know, and just said hello. Like that's it. And like there was no like. you Don't even know my name. Mm -mm. Like, are you okay with hands on adjustments? Like you know, like you think you can breathe deeper into this position? Like he literally just came and just like laid on top of me, and I was looking around like no one else is saying yeah. like he was doing adjustments to other people, but um, like, he just can be like, wow, you're so flexible. And I was like, stop, please. Like now it's uncomfortable and now it's weird. And you know, when, when I'm coming from like a perspective of being in a trauma informed training, like you are, I wasn't expecting that, but yeah. that's the importance of like going to different studios yeah. and having those experiences be because there's some people in this space that just don't have that training. And they think, Oh, like, She's really flexible. Like she can go more. But even right. people who are extra flexible, like, like, um, they say trauma can either result in like a lot of tension in the body or like hyper flexibility.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like, that makes so sense. a lot of the time. And I think about like my. I never
0: thought about it in that context. I always thought it would prevent flexibility, Me never hyper flexibility. That makes yeah. sense. a lot of sense. And though. in Damn. my like
1: in even like physical trauma, like doing dance for so many years and ballet and mm. cheerleading, like you're actually like physically being yeah forced to, you know, over push stretch your, body. your
0: body. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: so that's a really like really great perspective. I come into like now this newfound training with is like wow. Thinking, man, like this wow, got me thinking, d- man, right? like, got like me thinking about athletes. Yeah, really bad. And,
2: like mm-hmm. pushing your
0: body for so long, especially
2: mm-hmm. like gymnastics. I know is a huge Not for real. one because yeah. that one really like alters how and your body develops.
1: Mm-hmm. Ballet is
0: tough. Mm-hmm. Horrible. I coached.
1: I coached cheer, dance, and gymnastics, and did all three. So like coming from that perspective and like being a coach too in those spaces, like to kids and now seeing everything from a trauma informed lens, I think it all was for this moment for me to like actually yeah. step into yoga training yeah, um, because it's like, wow, if I had a ballet teacher who came from my, you know, studio from a, a trauma informed perspective, like yeah. maybe I would have been able to feel and be like in more relation with my body. Cause mm-hmm, yeah. I ultimately stopped dancing and switched to cheer because I was really stiff. And I would, like, struggle Mm. to be fluid through movement. And Mm. it prevented me from, like, getting on higher teams. And I was like, dang, like, I just can't dance the way that I used to. But it was really, like, more trauma building up in my body as I was in high school. From stressing your body. You know, just being stressed out. And dance
2: is also a very wide space. It is. Because I used to do dance. (laughs) It is.
1: It's
2: very wide Mm -hmm. when it comes to competition and stuff. Now I feel, like like,
1: a lot more fluid like my sister still dances like we'll dance together sometimes or you know uh did have like little cute moments and I want to go back to like doing workshops and everything but I can see the difference in my body um yeah now that I've I've actually understood it and like have this dialogue almost with my body as I'm breathing through the practice so Mm -hmm. yeah it's been transformative yeah
2: I feel like the yoga like it probably caused you a lot to reflect just on the past, but also now that you have this trauma informed care like with your body and with yourself, how do you feel you're bringing that into your new stuff with your nonprofit and with this new job where you're working on like youth services
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's everything, and I'm realizing um you know it's not a perspective that people come into business with not at all or into the nonprofit space with so which
0: is interesting because mm-hmm. I feel like. Of all spaces, you would think it would be a non-profit. Yeah. Right. I think some do. Some do, definitely. Yeah. But if that's their that's focus. Not,
2: yeah. It should definitely be a part of, like, every company's focus. But that's
0: in an ideal world. Especially if their audience is minority or poor. Yeah. And I feel like that's most of them, how they, they mm-hmm. want to target that. But they're not, actually. But who's running it? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Who's donating. And <laughs> that's why we have to infiltrate these systems and these spaces. It's like. I'm realizing like I'm I was very like anti corporate, you know, in the beginning of my work. Um, and it was because I know the history of it. But of in order to be able to change these systems and these barriers, you actually have to get in that room. Exactly. Which is why I ultimately ended up taking up that position Ooh, as he's talking to me right <laughs> now.
0: Keep going. Exactly
1: why I took on that position as chief of impact strategy at this corporation. Um, is because what we're essentially trying to do is be- make sure that Those people who are doing the grassroots efforts and like doing the community work like nonprofit founders, um, you know, like, you know, those community activists, those um, academics, the people writing the research are actually the people who are helping write curriculum to educate um, corporations. So when you think about having to do like, for example, like a sexual assault and harassment training before you get hired, mm-hmm.
2: just like, had to do one of those. Literally, yeah, Same.
1: right. Like, they make you do that, but it's like, who's writing this? Like, it should actually come, maybe not True specifically, that. like, but maybe it is. You know, you're, you're partnering with an um, a domestic abuse and like yeah. preventative measures for sexual abuse to be able to actually write lived experiences and like Real. share those you know instead of just it being straight research right yeah. also co- working with researchers also working with all these people so exactly like, how do we take this collective power and turn it into a powerful message to actually educate these corporates exactly and not just in that space but it's also in sustainability it's also in dei it's also in all of these different pillars really. because at the end of the day like we get mad at a corporation for saying like Oh, the pride flag for, you know, just putting it as their logo. And then it's like, well, who's really, who is educating them? Like no one's educating them. Like, and coming from an empathetic pos- position um, that I also got from yoga, which I would have never in a million years ever came from this perspective. But think about it. Like, if you're not learning something like, and you don't have the education, how are you supposed to know anything? Yeah. And so these corporations actually exactly. don't know how to come about it. They don't have people in the space who can represent it. And they don't know how to bring people in there because of the cultural differences. Right. So it's like, even if, say, I don't know, I'm using for an example, Google, but of course Google has black employees, but they never had a <laughs> black employee in their life. And now they're like, oh, we're going to put this black person on this team and like show diversity. But there's
2: definitely like teams in Google where they probably have never had a black person. So yeah, in every
1: corporation, <laughs> like and if you even like look back in history or like, black leadership, point, they exactly. And so it's like for that first person, what does it mean to create psychological safety to exactly. actually be able to uplift themselves? Because like you can be a Black person in a white space and like fill that diversity quota, but still not actually have, you know, feel comfortable enough yeah. to say the things that you need to say in order to stand up for or your
2: people. Or to bring up problems.
1: So it's really such a layered like thinking about how diversity, equity, inclusion in business sit, um, not even just diversity, equity, inclusion, but equity in general sit with Business is such a fragile space, and something that I honestly avoided my whole life because I'm like, I know how layered it is, and I know how difficult deep it is. and deep mm-hmm. and like painful it is. Especially like as a black person who's trying to like decolonize my perspective of life. It's like, dang, like you just learn more and more and more and get yeah, deeper and deeper, and you're like, oh like it wraps, ruins your brain sometimes. Like, literally. <laughs> I feel right. like exploding <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I can never get out of this. Like everywhere you go there's
2: gonna be racism like it's even in though. ai like that's the latest yeah. thing i've been learning in school about like the racism in ai uh-huh. and it's crazy yeah, like i
0: never thought gonna, about that because who's creating that's
2: the, out there? and who's creating like the coding for ai uh-huh. it's mostly like white people so there's implicit bias in ai it's, uh, i was no, reading this article everybody. and it was like you ask ai like for a white man's job and it's like he, John has been a lawyer for 30 years. And then you ask AI for a black man's job, and they're like, uh, Trayshawn has been a pimp for 30 years. And that's the natural response it gives in chat GBT. A pimp I'm oh like crazy,
1: too. God.
2: I was reading it, I was like,
0: it would, though. It literally oh does.
1: But that's the problem you know it's like cool but also now even deeper let's go into the education pillar who has mm-hmm. access to education to actually build out ai platforms exactly like this is so layered like it's but to house.
2: tie everything back in like <laughs> just down to the education point because i feel like your nonprofit is centered a lot around education you've always been like very involved in education you even wrote a curriculum mm-hmm. for like ethnic studies education for children But um, I think the best tool for education to help like with all these problems is trauma informed education instead of like getting mad at all these kids because they're not learning or getting mad at kids because they're doing bad in class like ask them what's going on at home because most of the time that has a lot to do with what's going on in class. And then um, I had someone in my class that's studying education at UCLA tell me that her research basically proved that if kids are in diverse classes, in preschool, it sets them up for the rest of their life to not be racist and have bias because they had that introduction. So yeah, I think like just changing preschools and then having trauma informed teachers would make a huge difference with all these issues that we are currently working on and issues that we didn't even create, which is crazy, but we Literally have to take just them off more in.
0: We inherit issues from our ancestors as well. Man we do. And just the system in general. So so blinded to it at the same time. Right but um I really felt how you said um I avoided corporate but now I'm starting to see you have to be in those spaces because recently since I'm like 95% sure I'm gonna graduate early it's like forcing me to just figure it out faster and I'm like Man, I literally tried so hard to think about every possible job that I could create for myself, just go back to school and avoid corporate. But now I'm kind of just like, actually, I low-key do want to work in corporate because it is those spaces you have to be in. And I just feel like corporate is starting to like have those positions of wellness where it's like, you know, they're hiring people to analyze and consult on their wellness um sector of their corporations and i wouldn't mind doing that but at the same time it's just like you really think well what's the point like it's the change is hard to make but i would rather be in that space trying to make a difference and then expand to my own space and create my own space so i can be in that corporate world and get the experience and see how they run their business More as an experience, not as a career, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
2: But I think you guys are looking at it differently. Like, you guys are both kind of taking on the role of contracted workers coming into corporations to kind of, like, fix the problems that they have.
0: Yeah. And they want those workers right now. Yeah.
2: They do. It's it's way different. Like, I don't really believe that you could, like, go in as, like, a bottom-level corporate worker and work your way up and be like, I'm going to make the change. I don't think it works like that. But you guys are taking on,
1: like, a way different role. I think it comes from the perspective of, like, I see it like this, I have a timeline. Like Mm -hmm. I I plan to do multiple things in my life. And like there's a million different projects and businesses that I've wanted to start. And something that I've learned like professionally in my career is that, you know, you may have a great idea, but like collectively a lot of people may have the same idea or it may already exist and you can add to a specific space that's already building that. Like you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to start your own thing. And honestly, I would recommend like, For your first few things, like don't start your own thing. Like I started my nonprofit when I was 17 years old and I'm just now getting the hang of it this year, Um, but it gave me so much learning opportunity to like know what it means to actually build something from the ground up. Um, I started working, I was 14 years old. I worked at an ice cream shop. because I was trying to save my first car when I was 16. So I have, like, a lot of work experience that's also rooted in trauma. Like, it's rooted in financial trauma, you know? Man. Wanting to make sure that I can provide for myself because I've seen people around me struggle.
0: I've been diving into that recently because Mm -hmm. I used to really have this fear of, like, like, not fear, but, like, I don't know. I would say anxiety centered around money. And I just never understood because I never, like, really struggled growing up. So I always was just, like, what is this fear of, like, you know, not having, why do I have that? But as I dove deeper into it, I started to realize it's just like comments being made by people around you or mo- periods of struggle. And it just makes you think like, I never want to be there. And you just work so hard and then you become a workaholic and people don't even realize workaholic is probably trauma from mm-hmm. not having mm-hmm. growing up. And yes. Yeah,
1: and it could a- equate to so many different things, like that. Not having doesn't have to necessarily be like monetarily, but also like yeah. in a deeper trauma sense. Like, do you have people who are there for you who provided for you emotionally? Like that yeah. can show up financially, or no, nope. like, you know, no,
2: just wait. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but but uh,
1: but like, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> like all of these different spaces, it could be, bro. Could... <laughs> oh,
2: <goodness>. But uh, <laughs> uh yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot, too, because I'm just, like, I'm the oldest sister. My little brother be asking me for stuff all the time. And, you know, it's at the point where it's, like, it's not really, like, a choice. Like, I have to go to law school. I have to make money. I have to get this bag.
0: Man. Real that's, stuff to and deal with.
1: That's, and that's the and, reason
0: I want to go corporate now, because it's, like, well, we don't have now. time well, for that. Okay, I don't have time <laughs> to build my little business. Let I me get this time. money. I think
1: you can do it simultaneously. Yeah. While- learning from the experiences like i just need a bag yeah immediately every single work experience i've ever done i feel like has taught me to build my own things and like even like now technically like building up this new company with a mixed team of different people like with white people and with Asian people and you know currently i'm the only black woman on the team like it's an all-male team and i'm the only person on this team but it's showing me so much about like what the possibilities are here. Like, I can yeah. bring so sure. much because I'm here. Yeah. And, like, me just showing up for myself and for... are showing up for a I'm lot more. I'm showing up for people. so many people in the room who aren't there yet. And, like, I know they aren't right. there yet because I'm going to bring them in there. Exactly. You know, like, for I... You. And, like... Yep. Right. You got to get in those spaces. <laughs> like, it's hard, but it comes down to, like, what is your mission? Like, what is your purpose? And what are you Man, trying to fulfill? what and, is like- the
0: angle? And because- you
2: have to keep yourself when you get in those spaces because yes. a lot of people... They
0: change hey.
2: folk after they get in them rooms.
0: <laughs> Literally. But you know, it's nice that you're working low-key so many jobs because more spaces equals more experiences yeah. and that's more knowledge that you exactly. can take back to your own space, which I wanna talk about. I wanna hear the updates on your nonprofit, which what has taken off since we last spoke in this past months i feel like a lot has yep. blossomed so i want to hear about it
1: yes so youth advocates for change my nonprofit, and um,
0: tell us a little bit what it is too. right
1: yeah started when i was 17 as i said um out of the black lives matter movement kind of realizing my entire life i've been silenced and didn't talk about race issues in my school predominantly that was predominantly white being one of the only Black students just because I didn't feel safe or have that psychological safety Um, and really, like, stepped into my power summer of 2020, started doing protests and, you know, being inspired by other youth organizers. And what I realized by young people is, like, we get inspired by our peers doing things. Like, who you surround yourself with is who you become. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, I didn't have friends who were doing the kinds of things like activism work. But I thought about it in the back of my head, and I've thought like, wow, it would be so cool if different intersectional perspectives of social justice could come together at the intersection of art. Like, let's talk about how storytelling really can tell the story of generations, and can you know not only share culturally, but also like what's going on in the climate crisis. Like, it could also talk about um, different marginalized communities, LGBTQ plus rights, um, women's yeah. rights. And you know race equity, all these different avenues of what social impact it well social justice is and how to make impact in these spaces, but teach it to high schoolers through a workshop, through um the curriculum, and teach them through critical consciousness how to show up for themselves, show up for their community, and make art essentially mm-hmm. um and so really want quickly before I move on, want to touch on this this basis of critical consciousness, which is basically like what we call like a three step framework to um, reflecting on your the boundaries and the barriers that have inhibited you from actually overcoming the problems and things that may have happened in your life um, and that can be generationally like that could be slavery for black, black women for black people you know like that is one of the things that you would reflect on it's like now What is the motivation? Like, why do you want to do something? It's because I'm going to have black kids one day who are going to have black futures. (laughs) I have a whole class
2: about that too.
1: And I'm going to have to do something to make sure that they can prevail and actually succeed and live to 18 and live to have a family of their own. And then it's like, how do I take that action? It's like, how do I get involved with other resources, with other people um, and other groups to actually make a change? Um, And that is the, I use, you know, black lives matter race equity as an example but that's how we take the approach to any kind of social justice um space that students come to us with and mm-hmm. and then we end it with like how do we tell the story through the action so that's yeah. through film that's through fashion that's through photography and journalism is the, is the four pillars that we focus on um mm-hmm. so that's where my organization that i started um and we've grown to work with over 600 students across the u.s we've had students from denmark fly in to do um, workshops with us in san francisco and in the new year we are opening up our first physical space in los angeles um which is funny because my why here not the bay because we have three years of funding in Los Angeles.
0: So that was the
1: deciding factor. Um, This summer, I wanted to move back home and go back to the Bay and like bring my work back to my community. But what I'm realizing is all of the resources are in LA. For what, for what I'm doing, like for art, um and the healing aspect of advocacy in LA, how it shows up, it's just different from the Bay Area. Does yeah, and
2: true. I agree? The money does come here. The they have millions.
1: And for that um, stuff. I need to get the experience before I can really tackle in the issues that are close to home. Like literally home. I was gonna say close to home, but it is home. Um and that's why I chose to launch this, take this next big step in Los Angeles versus the Bay, because Working back at home, like I, I'm familiar with the things that have kept us down and the barriers. And there's a lot of community pain in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. like the, the community organizations, right. even between themselves, there's politics in that. Yeah. And so it's really difficult to actually work in the space without having outside resources that don't come from the Bay Area. So my goal is to build out our space in L.A., successfully replicate that in the bay area and take it home and like Mm. i'll settle and like raise my family in the bay area um but the work is gonna come now here in los angeles where the money is where the resources is where i can make the connections in film and photography and fashion and art you know like i know i'm meeting all these people because the industry is here um and the the need is also here like the kids in south central the kids yeah. in inner city la yeah. like, they also need this and a lot and of them do want to,
0: to pursue it. art too. yeah close to it. that too like
1: it's a proximity thing so i had to think about all of these different different levels when it True. came to like scaling for us also like i do want to finish school eventually at usc um and that would be right on the timeline too personally um, you know, the yoga studio also had a huge part in this. It's yeah. like I want to be able to collaborate with them Yeah, and I want to be able to bring them and, you know, meet continue to partner with the people that I'm doing training with and support their work. So there was a lot of layers to why I would do it in LA. Um but yeah, it's been like doors have just opened up. Really, yeah. Period. Um, just in terms of people who are ready to fund us, people who are ready to partner with us and the opportunities that come out of living in the city and having the resources and the opportunity to even have access yeah. to it. So um mm-hmm. like looking at it from a point of gratitude is like I It would be dumb of me to just be selfish and say, I wanna go home, so I'm gonna go like back
2: home. And I remember it's crazy, (laughs) y'all. I remember literally a year ago talking to Tiana and she told me verbatim, like my dream is to have a collective space in LA to house a bunch of different nonprofits and work on art and look where we are one year later. The dream
0: literally came to life.
2: So thank God. Literally, yes. we're literally here. Not that's even a year way. later, she's the only girl I know. She'll say something, it literally happens within weeks, magically. She'd be mad magical, bro. Magical. I got to keep my energy
1: protected.
2: No, that's, Next, that's she's going to be married, y'all. She said she want to get married. Uh, Next time we come I, back, she's about to have a ring on her finger. Bro, I'm calling I, it. I, I, <laughs>
1: I, I, <laughs> I'll see. I think I'll see about that. Um, she said, not that time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Next time, the off camera. On
1: some real awesome. no, though, like, for young women who are real in their sh- careers, yeah, on some real ish, like, um, revoking that statement, because not because I don't love hard, but because I've realized being a young woman and recognizing your power early has such. A strong, like you have no idea how much power you have in your hands.
2: Baby. Yeah, like, when you step, you into responding it, to someone like, or talking to someone. No, see, is literally you power.
1: Giving, you giving Facts. a man, a woman, the time of day when you can or attention into yourself. Yeah, the attention. Like no matter. That's a blessing. Much, you can It love is it. for them. Please know that my attention, my reply, right. is Brand. a blessing,
0: and
2: that's why y'all don't be getting it
1: exactly. And it's like you can love somebody with your whole heart and like want to pour into them. But I I know myself, love-wise, and, like, when a I'm a lover girl. She's a lover like, Libra. I'm such a loving Libra woman that I am willing to sacrifice everything that I have just mm. to feel love, you know? And mm. I'm realizing that I can see love from mm. so many different perspectives. I can get love from my family. I can get love from my community. I can- From yourself. Home. From your I friend. can feel love. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> There's so many ways to love and it's not mm-hmm. just in a romantic sense.
2: Exactly. Um, and
1: what? you can't What's your know? love
2: language? You to
1: do. Ooh. My love language is, is mentally stimulating me and having ha! a deep conversation about Man. substance.
2: Mine is apple pay. Benmo <laughs> <laughs> apple pay zell. <laughs> Mine is <substance. laughs> I'm but so for real though, it's, it's mine is like I've been waiting for someone to send me a letter via be pigeon before I really like give them a chance.
1: Okay, yeah. Rocked yeah. At my window. <laughs> um, you on your hands and you,
2: like, If you don't have like a stereo a dog, and right. saying to me, please, it's man, not work, girl.
0: I love a letter.
1: Play some
2: neo. No <laughs> one's ever wrote me a love letter,
0: and that's why I'm just like I, I'm not gonna my write FC you one. But really like, love if I had a crush too. on you, I would.
2: I'd be writing. I would write a love letter in a heartbeat. I'm so poetic. To me. I love writing. I'll write you one it
0: right now. So
1: we should do that. A little Valentine's Day. So. <laughs> no, I'm
0: steady writing love letters. That's going to be your Christmas, Christmas gift. gift. I think. Yeah. I love to do idea. it. You know, I write a lot of letters to people
2: and then I just forget to give them to them because I don't see them.
0: <laughs> you know, that could be a form of therapy, like writing letters to yeah, people. I do that a lot. Letter. It is, but it I actually be like them. for their birthday or something. Oh. <laughs> Bye. I think I got one for you. It's crinkled up in the bottom of the tail far. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. No, but um, so how do you think you're gonna incorporate like your yoga into your nonprofit?
1: Yes. Um uh, when we open the space, I plan to teach at least one free class a week. Here, um we're you you there. I wanna it- to be open to high school students i want to be open to their mamas and their dads Period. i want to be open to their sisters and their brothers and all of the community um but also want to host retreats
2: mm, um like implement
1: retreats for the
2: partnership
1: exactly you no, know i'm to already say, you guys already know. i was
0: just about to say that you already
1: know um, Y'all head here first. Uh-huh. Register now. Take Um, But yeah, like I really want to do retreats, even if they're not like overnight retreats would be so cool because, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. cheer a cheer coach. So I've, I'm used to organizing all of these different things. Yeah. Um, but like using those again, like using those skills that I've had from past things and like uh-huh. putting that, applying that here. Um, I see myself doing overnight retreats, day retreats. Um hosting you know free and donation based classes, but also taking that trauma informed lens and the spiritual lens mm-hmm. to the work um and to the community because it really really is healing it really does change everything for you mm-hmm. um and it's yeah. a lot it's a lot easier to teach from that perspective now because I mm. feel like i live it like yeah. i've I actually have taken myself out of my what used to be like my normal day to day life and just I'm by myself like I would say like 70% of my week and like if I'm not by myself I'm with my coworkers, like working mm-hmm. and if I'm not with them I'm on FaceTime with my little sisters mm-hmm. like a you know, working like,
0: woman
1: and it's not for everybody I'm not promoting it it just is the thing that works for me and I stopped judging myself for not being somebody who enjoys necessarily going out 24-7 because I used to be really hard on myself because I feel that all my friends really like my friends go out like my friends like you know like they are having a good time and it's like I have a good time.
2: But we're also two getting older times though.
1: When
0: I do that, there's less time for that. <laughs> we're now. getting old. I'm, I'm like tired. I'm getting old. Getting real. I'm tired. I just don't even feel like going out and one
2: more car crash, <laughs> please. I won't even go if outside. One
1: more on, she ain't getting another one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like y'all really gonna have to hit me via pigeon. But I was gonna say, like what you're everything you're saying, it really is needed. When it comes to retreats, it's needed. These there's so many kids in LA that have not even been to the beach or like seen any of the resources in LA. Like been outside of their block or environment at all. Been to the school. It's insane. Like to see like, yeah, there's kids in LA that have not been to USC or UCLA, which is so insane. So to be able to have a space for them. A collective space like the one you're about to build. I don't think that there's one like that's really known where kids can go. So that's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see it come And that's
1: youth led. Like the whole youth led. That's the key. They need to, because the difference is I I mentor and I consult for a lot of nonprofits that are trying to reach kids because they're like, well, when you were 17, how did you suddenly go from being suspended multiple times and like not being interested in school? Like I never saw myself going to college. Don't tell my parents that, but I didn't. Um, it ain't for everybody. It, it's not for everybody. Still ain't. Right. I and just had to, even with
2: the degree. With
1: the degree, wasn't
2: so, for me. Man. But that's
1: the thing. Is like, how do you cater to all of these experiences and still create a safe space for all those students to learn and like be able to? You
2: have to relate you know, to them. That's to the difference.
1: And one disconnect. And you relate to everyone. <laughs> one disconnect. Nah, is nah. Like, <laughs> When you are mentored by somebody who's like two, three times older than you, it's like there's a generational disconnect. Even
2: like, now at 21, I'd be trying to talk to people from generations above. I'm like,
1: Yeah, I'm like, you don't what get What are we talking
2: it. about?
0: And so I really like it too. <laughs> you, you literally don't get it. And like, so how was that okay back in the day? Right. Corporate needs to start bringing in younger folks. Right. I was like just having just, this Because we
2: know how to talk to Gen Z. We know what we want. Yes. We know what will get us lit. And that's what they don't understand. Literally. Right.
1: Exactly. And that's essentially like what I'm what we're building at the corporate that I'm working at. Period. Um, is how do we get all these opportunities in the hands of the people who need to who are who they're serving, essentially. right You know, so I'm really excited about this new chapter. Um, I feel very fulfilled and very like aligned in my path. Even just by mm-hmm. the, like you guys even turning this into a non profit. Like I'm like that is alignment for me because I see like my friends are also doing passion based work. Like they're actually yeah. like doing things that like their heart isn't aligned with and like that's how I measure but no one asked but this is how I measure success is like how is my how am I reflecting my community and like the people that I surround myself with like the kids who come through our programming how do I see myself my younger self and my older self in them because kids are also wise and it's like how do I allow them to see the real parts and the vulnerable parts and the the parts that I feel open and allowed to share with Mm -hmm. like with that community yeah. so it's like how do i actually like soften myself and like create that divine feminine energy mm-hmm. in a masculine space because working is like technically masculine energy yeah it's like how do i cultivate softness in these spaces Real. and still be true to myself mm-hmm. um so that's something that i've definitely been working on and yoga has helped mm-hmm. um cultivate yeah i always come mm-hmm. up to yoga
0: um, yes every time um, every, every single nice. time no, but that was great. I'm really happy that we had you back on the pod because I feel like and our lives are back. really advanced.
2: She going to be back because we already know there's going to be more to come. Partnership galore.
0: Mm-hmm. literally.
1: Get your name on the retreat. Right. On, on the
0: workshop. Right Ooh, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm getting excited now. I'm getting ideas. Yeah, so many. Well. This is the first of many episodes, highlighting people in the community, our friends, just having conversations, less interview, more conversation. Exactly. Yeah,
1: this was great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for yes, coming my back.
1: Favorite podcast.
0: <laughs> you yes. were probably one of, we got our like Spotify replay thing and it was like, I don't remember the number, but fans, you were there, are there your number one um, podcast? And I was like, Tiana's. Yep. Added to this statistic
1: i've listened to every single episode period multiple times and i'll be sending them to people like, you hear that i was like you know what if you're not even going to listen the whole thing just stick to this time frame i should get the i still? will i really will she's rude. i'm like this is so you real, need this you need
0: it, it. <laughs> She's uh, rude. I mean,
1: yes.
0: well thank y'all for watching stay tuned for our next highlight episode and follow us on social media. And follow youth advocates for change on social media too. Yes,
2: Heavy on it. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah.